further ado, Jeremy, would you come on up and share the word with us? Yeah. Uh, you want a hug? Okay. Give me a hug. We're a brother's hug, Let's baby. Do a hug. Amen. It's good to see you all. It's good to be here. You guys doing okay this morning? I'll give you a little information about myself. My name's Jeremy. This is my smoking hot wife, Terry. We got married in 2000. We've been married 18 years now. We got three kids. They're awesome. They are six, seven, and nine. See? Did I get it right? Yeah. So they're all in a row. There's different times of the year where they're all three in a row, and then there's a gap anyway. So just I have to think about what season of the, of the year it is. But I'll give you a little background information about myself. I grew up lost. Uh, you don't understand what that means? That means I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. If I were to die before I got, I got saved when I was a junior in college, and I would, I would have been separated from God for all of eternity. And it, it literally tormented me. Like, I remember, I, uh, anybody in here a math guy? Anyone in here numbers? You can't spell or make a complete sentence, right? That English side is poor, but the math, the number side is strong. That was me in school. And so I, was, I, I can remember back in the seventh grade sitting in math class, I can remember sitting in daydreaming. You know, when, you, when you, you know everything that they're telling you, it just all clicks. I didn't have to study. I didn't have to do homework. It just all that fit together for me. And so I'm sitting here just wandering, you know, uh, space cadet. And I was sitting here and wondering what was going to happen to me when I died. You just be tormented by that thought. And I, used to, I, was, I got to a point in my life where I actually wished, I hoped for hell because it was something. And to me, something was better than nothing. That's just where I was. I, 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 I attended a church with my mom because uh, uh, mom raised me. And if you're a good boy, you go to church with mom. That's just what you do. And so I went and sat in the back, and she didn't care as long as we were quiet what we did. We'd play cards, a solitaire on the back pew. You know what I mean? I understand what I'm saying. And I attended a, 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 a church that didn't really, uh, I didn't even, and, and, and some people say, well, they should have, t- you know, I didn't pay attention to a word that they said. I don't have a clue. You know, they could have told me how to get to heaven that I, that, that they could have, I knew who Jesus was, right? I knew the story. We celebrated Easter. We celebrated Christmas, right? But I didn't know that I could have a relationship with God. I didn't know that I could go to heaven. And so I grew up lost. And so when I was a junior in college, someone cared enough about me to tell me, you know, that you can go to heaven. You can spend eternity in the presence of the most high God. Man, it renovated my life. Totally changed me. Uh, uh, changed my whole life. I had purpose now because I needed to tell other people about Jesus. And it just, man, it just renovated my entire existence. I got married a couple years after I got saved. I, uh, we, we were married for about 10 years before we started having kids. And uh, now I got three great kids. I pastor the same church I got saved in. I can take you to the spot on the carpet. We didn't have carpet when I got saved there, but it's been carpeted now. But I can take you to the same spot on the floor, and I can, and I can uh, show you where I got saved. It's pretty cool. So I don't know that, uh, how, how many people get to do that, pastor the same church that they got saved in. But I get to, and it's an honor and privilege, and I'm super excited to be your guys' town, your guys' community here. It's gorgeous. We like it. You guys are awesome. So we've been staying out at, at uh, Pastor Cordy and Cody's. And uh, be here for a couple of days, so thanks for having us over here in your great city, in your great area, because it's gorgeous. <laughs> so with that, let's open up our Bibles to Exodus chapter 3. I believe I have something for the Lord, from the Lord for you this morning. And uh, I believe that you'll be able to take a look back as you continue to go out doing what it is God has called Westside Church in Spokane to do. And I believe you'll be able to look back and know, because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Westside Church, the hand of the Lord is on you. The hand of the Lord is on you. 
telling you, you can know, you can go forward from today, and you can look back and go, you know what? The hand of the Lord is on us to do what God has called us to do in this community, in this West Plains community, God's hand is on us. And so I'm going to look at an example in Exodus chapter 3. And a lot of you know this uh, it's popular, popular portion of Scripture. You understand when uh, Moses had an encounter with God at the burning bush. So we're just going to read uh, a quick few verses, so stick with me. Um, Exodus chapter 3, I'm going to start reading in verse number 1. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He said, Here I am. He said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said to him, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look on God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. For I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from a land to a good land and a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and all these folks, right? Skip to verse 9. says, now therefore... See, I'm not good with the pronunciation, you know what I mean? Uh, and if you just... English is me and English. I know verse, you know, I follow the numbers, so just love me, Okay. <laughs> So we hear where all these other boys are at, right? Verse number 9, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression from which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. For when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And so it goes on. Moses then asks a question. In verse 13, he says, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. So we have a portion of Scripture here. Moses has what you would call an encounter with the living God, right? He's just going about his regular routine. Yeah, I mean, you have a, you have a regular daily grind that you have to do, right? You go to work. You get the kids ready for school. You do all this stuff. Maybe you got to do this or do that. But you have a regular daily routine that you do. Moses was just out doing what he did. He was just out. We're moving the cows, the herd, whatever. And all of a sudden, he's just doing what he's normally day-to-day routine. And all of a sudden, he has an experience. He has an encounter, a conversation with the living God. And God says to him a few things. And they're extremely important. And I believe God's saying this to you this morning to Westside Church here in Spokane. I believe he's putting his hand upon you to do the assignment, to do the job that he's called you to do. And as, you, as we're just going about our regular, uh, regular things we have to do, here we have an experience with God. 
And, uh, um, you know, sometimes you think, well, who am I? You know, Moses asked that question to God. Who, who am I, Lord? Why are you, why are you coming here? Because, you know, Moses, anybody know Moses had issues, right? Uh, sometimes we think, well, God can't use me. Um, you know, I haven't, listen, you didn't do anything that Moses has done. Don't forget, well, well, let's see. Uh, Moses killed a guy and then fled for his life. So, anyone, don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, Moses had issues. Moses was run from the law. He whacked a guy. He had issues. Apparently, he had some kind of a temper or something, you know, because he kind of snapped. And how many of you ever snapped before? I've snapped. I've snapped. Yeah, don't raise your hand. I've snapped, but you know what? I ain't whacked a guy. So I think I got a leg up, you know. <laughs> so if God can use, listen, if God can use Moses, don't you think he could use you? You at least have enough self-control to not whack somebody. You know, you, gotta, you know, you guys got it. You guys are children of the Most High God. He wants to use you to reach this region of the world, this town, this city, this community. And his hand is on you, and, and you're going to get the job done. And so we see in verse 1 through 6, he's just going about his regular routine. Uh, uh, in verse 7 and 9, God speaks to him, and, and, and God tells him something very specific. God says, I have heard the cry of my people. Do you know that there's people around you in this region, in this West Plains area? There are people who are hurting. There are people who are oppressed. There are people who are bound. There are people whose marriage is struggling and failing. There are people who don't have two nickels to rub together. There are people who, they, they just, you call them, uh, the phrase I use a lot of time is you're in the bottom of the barrel. You ever heard that phrase? I'm from the uh, middle of nowhere. I'm from the sticks, you know, country western. So we use the phrase, the bottom of the barrel. And you know what's the worst part about being in the bottom of the barrel? The view is horrible. There's no hope in the bottom of the barrel. You can't see nothing. You just know it's a tight, picture yourself in a barrel, right? In the bottom of a barrel. You can't move right? Can't see nothing. It's dark, no hope, no future. It's a horrible place to be. I've been in the bottom of a barrel, figuratively speaking, right? I mean, I'm like a rodeo clown sitting in the barrel, you know, (laughs) not doing none of that. But in my life, I've gone through experiences in my life where I just felt like, man, I'm I'm just at the, you get to a place, there's people around you. There's people in this part of, of the world who are literally in, they're just they're at their wit's end. They're struggling. They're crying out for anybody for help. They might they didn't even know God, and they'll cry out to God. You ever, anyone ever been there? I, was, I didn't know God until I was a junior in college, and I'd still cry out to God. I didn't even know him. That God's saying, I'm here. I'm, I've heard the cries of my people who are oppressed. And what did he say? What did he say to Moses? He said, I have come to what? Deliver them. God's telling you this morning, He is going to deliver your neighbors, your co-workers, your family members. He's going to deliver them. He's telling us this morning that, man, I have heard their cries. I've seen the oppression that the enemy has oppressed them with, the struggles that they're going through. And He's put His Spirit on the inside of us because we're born again, right? We're children of the Most High God, and He's appearing to us. And saying, you know what? I'm going to send you to set my people free. 
I'm going to send you to set my people free. Just like he told Moses. It's, it's, it, you get to verse 10, he gets the assignment, right? You're going to deliver my people. Then Moses responds, who am I? Because uh, he doesn't think he's too special, right? A lot of us have that same problem. You know, you're not supposed to think more high. You know, there's, but also don't forget that you are a child of God. You are born again. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, Romans says, is what? Is in you. So technically, you are something special. Yay. You are something special. Not of anything that you have done yourself, you understand? Uh, I've heard one, one guy, t- uh, I don't know if you guys uh, use the word cocky at all over here. Uh, arrogant, maybe, is the more official terminology for that. Uh, arrogant. And, and, and um, you can be confident or you can be arrogant. And, and arrogant is thinking that you're the one, right? you're all that in a bag of chips. Being confident is knowing I'm a child of God. My confidence isn't in myself, it's in my God. I am who I am today because of Him. Because He died on the cross for me. I ain't anything, without Him, I'm, I mean, I'm struggling. But because of Him, I can boldly go before the throne of grace. Because of Him, I can stand and say, you know what, I am a child of the Most High God. His Spirit is on the inside of me. He's put me in this part of the world on purpose. There are other people who are at the bottom of the barrel that need my help. They need to be delivered. And God's appearing before me and saying, you know what? I want you to go set my people free because I've heard their cries. I've heard. I've seen the oppression that they're oppressed with. You know, God wants you to have a successful marriage. Whether you're saved or not, he wants your marriage to flourish. Man, I went, I was married for eight years before I realized that the Bible talks about what you're supposed to do as a husband. <laughs> and I'm like, it set me free. Our marriage drastically improved after 2008. We were married for eight years. Until I found out, you know what? God's interested in my marriage. <laughs> he wants my marriage to flourish. He's given me the ability on the inside for my marriage to flourish. He's given me simple instructions to follow. And all of a sudden, my marriage is improving. It can go like this sometimes. But you go back and look. You can ask her after service if you want. Ask her what the first eight years were like and ask her what the last ten years have been like. She'll say much better than the first eight. (laughs) God wants your body functioning. He doesn't want you to be bound by your body. He bore stripes on his body so you didn't have to go through some things. He took that upon himself. There's things that we don't... Oppression. Man, oppression's of the devil. Depression. And it's a legit struggle. If you've never been depressed, sometimes you can laugh it off and say, what's wrong with people? Listen, if you don't, if you never, you don't have a clue. It's oppression. It's like someone just pushing down on you. Can't, you don't know what to do. Everyone's like, well, just do this. Well, you can't. You can't do anything. You need to be set free by the living God. You need someone to come and say, you know what? I, I, I just, I just want to pray with you, lay hands on you. I, I, I want to I'll tell you, man, you got something. They need a word of encouragement. They need, a, they need a, simple, a simple, man, you're doing great. You're going to make it. They need some hope. You know? You ever felt hopeless before? No fun. No fun. 
So God seeing these, these children, he's seeing his children in Egypt oppressed by a hard taskmaster. He appears before Moses, gives him an assignment, says, I'm going to set these people free and I want you to go do it. Okay, we get down in verse 13 and 15. Moses asks a simple question. Okay. Oh, back up. I got ahead of myself. In verse 12, God, remember Moses said he, he's not too sure about himself? Because eh, you understand, us on our own, we're pretty limited. You're only so smart. You're only so good looking. You're only so, you know, educated. You're, you just, but what did God say to Moses? He said, I will be with you. I'll be with you. You know how much of an upgrade you get when God's with you? Exactly. You know what an upgrade is, right? Yeah. Anyone ever, ever bought a car and you have a stock standard car and then you, you want air conditioning, right? And that's an upgrade. You want uh, power windows, power locks, upgrade. You want uh, heated and cooled seats, upgrade. You want uh, tinted windows, uh, fancy wheels, you want a graphics package. You want all kinds of things upgraded because the more upgrades you get, the better it gets, right? Yeah, it's better. Is air conditioning better than not having air conditioning? Yes. Back in the day, I remember looking at, I uh, uh, used to work in a business, and, and my folks owned a business in, in eastern Montana, and we sold office supplies and service to office equipment, computer networks, different things like that. And I remember you used to, we used to get vans, and they'd be stock. And they didn't, like, vinyl seats, no radio, I mean, this is like back in the early 90s, you just know there's no standard stock meant like it'll run. <laughs> but they were, they're, they're quite a bit cheaper because, and I remember the first van that we got that had it, a cassette tape and radio in it. Man, it was awesome. I'm like, woo, they got you for extra. You know, I got that, but it's just, you know, now you understand a, a standard car has a lot more options than it used to have. <laughs> anyway, so... But listen, you get a big upgrade when God is with you. And not only did Jesus say that the Spirit of God is going to be with you, He said He'd also be what? In you. How much more of an upgrade is it to not not just have Him with you, to have Him in you? And then He can be upon you. Man, that's an upgrade. All of a sudden now, you you have the ability to help God do what God wants to do for His people. Because by yourself, we're pretty limited, right? But with Him, all things are possible, right? We got no problem standing on the Word of God to meet our, our little personal needs, which I'm not against. But at some point in time, when am I going to start using my faith to, 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 to help people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in my city, in my town, in my area? When am I going to say, you know what? I've never laid hands on, I've never asked anyone if I could pray for them in the grocery store. I've never done that. I'm nervous to do that. I don't know if I want to do that. And you have an opportunity and you, you chicken out. You, maybe I'm the only person that this has ever happens to. You, here God brings you a, a meatball right down the middle. I play baseball. It's right down the middle. He brings, just throws this nice one right down the pipe. And all you got to do is say, can I pray with you? And you like talk yourself out of it. You know, this person is like basically asking and begging for prayer. They're begging for God to move on their behalf, and you're sitting there, in the, and you got the cold sweats, right? And you're like, uh, you know you want to tell them about Jesus. You know you want to pray for them. And you, you just, uh, it doesn't happen, right? And you get another opportunity and another opportunity. And you sit there, and you're like, man, you got to know you're not alone. 
You can stand there and know, I'm in the grocery aisle. I don't know what to do. You don't have to know what to do. You don't have to. You don't have to know. Who's with you? God's with you. Turn to Moses. Moses, go on, read the story. Moses say, I can't speak well. I, you know, basically, if you want to paraphrase, I st- st- stutter. <laughs> right? He had a speech impediment, whatever you want to say. He isn't real smooth when it comes to speaking. And here God is saying, I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He ain't going to listen to me. He goes, no, listen, I'm going to be with you. It's a big upgrade. Big upgrade. So when you're in the grocery store, you can know I'm not alone. God's with me. His hand is upon me. He's in me. He's with me. And he's upon me. And we can do what he wants to do for. We can set people free. Man, I, I, love, I, I love being able to, 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 to lay hands on someone or pray for them or tell them about the Lord in the grocery store. I got a checker in my, I live in a town, uh, Glenda, if you've ever been there, um, that means you didn't blink. <laughs> I got 4,000 people in my community, in my town. And I got a grocery store that I go to, and, and there's not a lot of options. We don't have Walmart. You know, we got a grocery store. It's an Albertsons. And I go to Albertsons, and I got a guy, one of the checkers, I got one of the checkers who, who, who I like a lot of the checkers, and you get a relationship with them. And I'm walking by the other day, and I'm walking by this guy, and he's this good kid. His name's Jesse, and he's awesome, and, and, I, and he's one of my favorite checkers, and I just like him. And I'm walking by, and, and I'm like, hey, you know, I was giving, what's going on, dude? You know, what's up? And I walk by in the, in the grocery store, and, and I'm headed over here to produce, and he yells, he goes, hey, Jeremy. And I go, hey, what's up, man? You know, we're just, I'm like, you know, I'm like across the way. He's checking out. He's at the counter, and it's, I usually go to the grocery store at night. Because by the time my kids go to bed, then I go and run to the grocery store and do all this stuff. So it's not busy in the store, you know? And so I'm away separated. And I'm like, hey, what's up, Jesse? And he goes, hey, man, what day do you guys have church? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, we got church on. Or he goes, you got church in, during the middle of the week? Because he's always working on Sundays or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I got church on Wednesday, man. He goes, what time? I'm like, 7 o'clock. I says, I'll save you a seat. Yeah. He goes, well, I work this Wednesday. I'm like, well, I'll keep saving you a seat till I see you. In the grocery store. I didn't, he, he talked to me. Oh, I, oh someone asked me about church. <laughs> no, God's with me. He's with me. And this kid needs Jesus. Man, his life's going to be totally renovated. I got a seat for him. I tell him it's got your name on it, baby. <laughs> but, God's with you when you're in the grocery store, when you're at the Walmart, when you're at the hardware store, when you're filling up with gas. He's with you. You have opportunities to help God set his people free. Yeah? So finally Moses asked, who am I supposed to tell these people who sent me? What am I supposed to tell? You know, I'm going to go. So I'm just going to go and walk up to people and say, hey, God sent me to set you free. What am I supposed to tell them? Who's sending me? And what does God say? God says, you say, I am who I am. You say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of their forefathers. And I change not. I am God. Right? That's what he's saying. I am God. You know, God's still God today. He don't change. What he did then, he'll do today. He will, I'm telling you, he will set people free. He'll do it. He'll set them free. He's still moving today. He's not on vacation. He's not too busy. 
He is into setting people free. He is telling you this morning, he has seen the oppression with these, uh, in, the, in the West Plains area here. He's seen the oppression that my people are oppressed with. And he's saying, I'm going to set them free. And he's going to do it. And we get to be a part of that. It's going to be awesome. We get to be used by God to set people free. Any of you in here been set free before? Right? The Spirit of God set you free, whether it was this, that, or the other thing. You know, some, some of you have a testimony about depression. Maybe some of you have a testimony about overcoming something in your body. Maybe you have a testimony about, about uh, uh, being uh, redeemed from poverty. Maybe some of you have a, question, or have, have a testimony like mine where you were tormented by, by death and you wished for hell. You know, if you're wishing for hell, you're not in a happy place. Just letting you know. I was there. No fun, sir. Zero fun when you're in a spot in your life and you would hope for hell. It's a pretty dark place to be in. I don't recommend you go there. (laughs) But there's people who are there. There really is. I was one of them. You got gods with you. You have a testimony. God did something for you in your life. Yeah? And some people think, well, my testimony is not as good as this person's. Listen, (laughs) everybody's gone through different things. And what might be extreme to one might not be extreme to the other, but it doesn't matter if I'm in the spot where I need to hear your testimony. I need to know, you know what? I grew up in church my whole life. And I've served God my whole life. And uh, and some people who have like grew up in church and they served God and they never wavered and, they've, and they've, they've, they've stayed in faith their entire life. Sometimes they feel bad, like I don't have a testimony. Like, no, that gives me hope because I got kids. I don't want my kids to go through what I went through, so I, I want to hear your testimony because I know, man, there's hope. My kids don't have to experience what I experienced. So I love your testimony. They're all needed. So you might, don't, don't, don't feel bad about your testimony. Don't feel bad about what God's done for you in your life. That's one of the strongest tools he's going to have you to do to set people free. It's your testimony. If your marriage has gone through hell in a handbasket, you know what? You, you set your attention on the Lord. You lean on him. He'll help, he'll help bring you up out of that. He'll help restore. You know, he's into restoration. He's into, he's into, he's into life. You understand what I'm saying? He's not into death. He's into life. And life more abundantly. Man, you can take that testimony and you can change people's lives. That's a great weapon that you have is your testimony. So he is the great I am. He's appeared before us. He's letting us know that he is still on the throne. He's still able. He is willing you understand what it means when you say God is able? You know, God, God is able. You ever thought about, well, I mean, I'm in such a hole. How can I ever get out? I'm in so much debt. How can I ever get out? My marriage is too far gone. My kids, I haven't had contact with my kids for decades. It doesn't matter what it is. God is able. He's able. No, how depressed or oppressed or bound you may be by this substance or that, God's able to set you free. He's able. And He's reaching out His strong arm of deliverance right now over West Plains. Man, His arm is strong, don't you think? He's reaching His strong arm of deliverance over this region, this city, this, this uh, 
part of the world, this community. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set my people free. He's telling you this morning, you're going to go. I need you to set my people free. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be in you. I'm going to be on you. And we're going to get the job done. He's saying this morning to, to West Side Church, he's saying, I want you to build my church. Together, we get to build his church. Uh, God told us, uh, we pastor a church in, in Glendive. And God told uh, my pastor, uh, who run, we, got a, we got a few churches, and, and uh, uh, God told my pastor, he said, if you build my church, this is something that God told him years ago, he said, if you build my church, I'll build yours. So it's not just about, yeah, West Side's going to flourish. It's going to, okay? It's going to flourish. It's going to be filled. Because what? We're about building His church. You know what I mean? It's about the body of Christ. It's about growing, establishing His kingdom here on the earth. And if we'll build His church, I'm telling you, He's promising us, He'll build ours. Isn't that good news? Man, that's good news. So He's telling us to set His people free. He's telling us this morning, my hand is on you in the West Plains area. My hand is on you. I'm with you. I'm going to give you the tools that you need. You know, if you continue reading into Exodus chapter 4, God, uh, Moses is still trying to get out of the assignment. <laughs> He's like, ah, ah. And God says, what's in your hand? And he goes, a stick, a rod, right? Moses had a stick. A walking stick, right? A rod, whatever you want to call it. And God says, okay, do this, do that, do the other, do this, do that, do the other. That's just something that Moses had available on him. It wasn't anything super fancy, was it? It was a stick. It was a stick. What do I got? You know what you got? You got hands. Mark chapter 16, believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What do you got? Got some hands. This is hard to do. Wait. Got to take notes on this. Ready? In Jesus' name. It's easy to do. That's what you have. What do I have? What else do you have? You got that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling on the inside of you because you're born again, baby. Okay, so I got hands, which I think are better than a stick. I got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling on the inside of me, which I think is way better than a stick. That's what you have. You got that. You got some feet. What else do we need? To set people free. You know what else you got? You got the name that is above all names. You got the name of Jesus. Whoa! You got the name of Jesus! You got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. He's with you. His hand is on you. You got hands. What else? I mean, we got stuff going for us, man. And God did this and this. And he said, you know what? If they don't hear you the first time, you know what he says? Then you're going to do this. If you don't hear you that time, you keep reading chapter 4. I love chapter 4. It says, if you go and then they tell you no, then you do this. If they tell you no again, then you do this. If they tell you no again, then you do that. What does it say about God? He says, he's pretty persistent. That tells you he's really, really interested 
in lost people coming to have a relationship with Jesus. I don't care. I want them set. He's saying, I want them set free real bad. And I don't care if it takes one opportunity or two opportunities or three opportunities or four. I will set them free. Even if they keep telling me, no. There'll be a time when they'll tell me, yes. And then he can move in their life and totally be changed by the power of the living God. And we get to be involved in that, huh? Man, I love it. Amen? Amen? I hope this helped me. I hope this... I'm telling you, man, I can see it. The hand of the Lord is on you guys. I'm excited for what God's doing here. I'm excited for what God's doing in West Plains here. He just visiting with these guys. Just, man, you guys got it going on. I'm excited for you. And, and I'm excited. And I know it. You go forth with the hand of the Lord upon you. And you go start setting his people free. Man, what God's going to do through you in this part of the world. It's amazing. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for letting me hang out in your gorgeous city for a few days.